Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good evening, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. Crosstown Hoops Week in Missoula, and the Spartans and Knights are on a collision course. Tuesday, the Hellgate girls basketball team held Missoula Big Sky to two points in the second half on their way to a 49-17 win. Knights sophomore Bailey Saylor led the team with 10 points and 10 boards, while freshman Alex Coville uh, added nine points as well as four steals. The victory moved the second-ranked Knights to 9-1, and one, entering Friday's showdown with number three Sentinel at 6 p.m. Friday in Dahlberg Arena. That's right, two versus three in Dahlberg Friday night. The Spartans are 8-1. and one. By the way, the Lost Rocks Big Sky, they are now 0-10. In his return to his former school, Missoula Hellgate senior Cam Laurent scored a game-high 20 points to lead the top-ranked Knights to a 76-46 win over Big Sky. The win helps Hellgate improve to 10-0 for the first time since 1993. Lawrence last year as a junior at Big Sky, averaged 18.1 points per game. The Hellgate win drops Lawrence's former school to 0-11 this season. Following the Hellgate Sentinel uh, girls game will be the boys game. That's going to be in Dahlberg as well. Number four Sentinel versus number one Hellgate. The Spartans are eight and one. That game tips off at 8 p.m. And finally, Montana senior defensive back Darian Nash entered the NCAA transfer portal on Monday as first reported by Skyline Sports. The Southern California product started at cornerback for the Grizz each of the last two seasons. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Kurtz Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. You into the killers? No. That's funny. Why? 
You should be. No. No. They're like the same as the white stripes, but way better. Oh. See, I mean, it's that sort of ignorant stuff that happens where ignorant. people you just you undercut everything some, that you say. You can't say. call someone ignorant for their taste or opinion. You didn't say, in my opinion, you said as a blatant fact that this uh, uh, an untrue thing, that they're better than the white stripes. You know what's better than the white stripes? Nothing. Nothing. Why are the white stripes so good? I don't understand your uh, obsession with them. Uh, well, because... Jack White is a peerless guitar player and his creative ability to take two people, one of which is actually not good at their instrument and create multi-platinum records over and over again and stretch the limits of creativity on stage. That is genius. That's why. Two-Tail Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting, as always, across the state on SWX Montana Television and around the world on the internet 1029espn.com you go there you listen live it's on the stream it's available thanks to opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity if you'd like to pick up your phone and call 329-1899 is the phone number you call right now you get yourself a basket of wings from the desperado sports tavern colt just got some trivia questions for you 329-1899 right now we'll do a wing it wednesday all guests join us via the rankage brothers rv phone line if you missed anything in the show Check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Our interview with Jan Stenerud in the first hour of the show. Pure gold, people. I'm not bragging. It's all about him. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's be clear. But that's an awesome. That's awesome, man. You can't get that. Go to the uh, podcast, Two Tell Nuanas podcast. Search it out wherever you get your podcast. It's available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel and Blackfoot Communications. Call me. I got oh, questions. Oh, oh, I see. I Super see. Bowl I, MVP. I thought you had something to say. I, well, I mean, I don't know okay. if you want to keep arguing about with music. No, I just want fun. somebody to answer I'll, my Super Bowl I'll, MVP I have, question. I have several Four. things, but first we go to the phones. We welcome in Tim to the show. Tim, how are you? Good. I'm glad to hear it. Are you sure or are you lying to me? Because you sounded like maybe you weren't good when you said good. No, I'm good. Work day's over, and uh, so that's, that's a good thing. Hey, man. Welcome to it. Now we're going to roll right downhill into Super Bowl weekend, and maybe you end up with some wings on your hands. Here's the deal. Colter's got three questions for you. If you get two of them right, you got a basket of wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the number one wings in the city of Missoula, according to the voting public of this area. You can also get a shirt if you get all three, and if you need help on one of these, I am your lifeline, all right? Okay. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Tell me like it. Tell me want wingy. All right, Tim, here we go. Question number one. All right, Tim, these are um, Super Bowl MVP questions relating to both the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, number okay. one. Number one, the last time the 49ers won the Super Bowl was in 1994. Who was the MVP of that Super Bowl? 1994, I think it was Steve Young. Steve Young is really? correct. Wow, excellent. I would have I would have said Jerry Rice. Uh, so very well done, Tim. Excellent. One for one. Number two, who did the San Francisco 49ers beat in that Super Bowl in 1994? San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers in one of the worst beatdowns. Like 55-10 or something it, like they that, They scored right? 55 points. Give me just two seconds here, and I'll get you the actual... Official final. The official final, 49-26 was the final in that oh, was Super it the, Bowl. Okay, so I think there was some late uh, scoring by, by, by San Diego because that thing was O-V-E-R at Absolutely. halftime. I mean, that was a done deal. Who was the quarterback, like Humphrey or something like that? Stan Humphrey. Stan yes. Humphrey for San Diego. Yeah. That was that was, that was was uh, mm, that was bad all the way around. Uh, hey, 
Uh, Tim, congratulations. You got wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern, my friend. Excellently done by you there. Let's see if we can get you a shirt as well here, all right? Okay. All right, all right Tim, we're going way back here. The last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl is in Super Bowl Four in 1969. Who was the MVP of Super Bowl IV? Um, who's my Who's my lifeline? Me, Ryan. Okay, Ryan. I mean, if it ain't Jan Stenerud, it it should be nobody. You know what I mean? That's what <laughs> I say. Although I'm not confident that it was. I mean, has a kicker ever been the MVP of a Super Bowl? Unlikely. Um, I, I don't think so. The, the only thing that comes to my mind might be uh, Len Dawson, the quarterback. Look well, at you, Tim, three for three. Len Dawson, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, the MVP of Super Bowl Four. Tim, shirt right. and wings and my tip of the cap. Very well done uh, by you there. Excellent work. Thanks for being here. Give your information to David in the back, okay? Sounds good. All right. Very well done. Just that easy. Super Bowl Four. I love going back. I, like Len Dawson was was one of the great. I mean, he's a NFL Hall of Famer, one of the great quarterbacks in in the history of football. I mean, he was a m- multiple time Pro Bowler. I guess it was called an All Star back then. I mean, you know, in the AFL, they had the All Stars before the mm-hmm. Pro Bowl, and I mean, led the league in passing six times. He's part of the Chiefs Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's just so funny looking at the numbers, man. Like, guess what, Glenn Dawson's Career high in a single Len Dawson. Yeah. Career high a single season for touchdowns. I don't know. Twenty one. Thirty. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's pretty good. And he also threw eighteen picks that year. Mm. A lot of gunslingers back then. Yeah. All these guys, like this Aaron Rodgers, like forty one and six ratio that he had a couple I mean he Aaron Rodgers had forty or more twice and less than ten forty or more and less than ten twice. Yeah. No way. Like All these guys were throwing 15 don't, or 20 Don't picks. you think that is as much a function of the evolution, though, of, of offenses, too? Well, and rules and all sorts of things, yeah. yeah. But no doubt. I mean, the guys are like... The, the scoring was so much less. Eh, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an interesting analysis. The, and the yardage is just crazy. His career high in a single season for yards, 2,879 yards. If you're alive and breathing in the NFL now, you get, you're throwing for 3,500 yards. <laughs> Right. Right. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Okay, Coulter, I want to just finish the conversation that I had started in the first hour just briefly with you, okay, on the Super Okay, well, you, you took the and last 10 minutes of Friday's show yeah. and then the first 10 minutes of this conversation. So I'm going to tell you my point about this. Okay. You, you, you've talked about, is it going to be a close game or if one of the two teams, if the Niners... It just feels like there's mo- both these teams play with great momentum right. and one of them might get it and then it might not actually be and, the one score game everybody wants. And that's why I think it comes down to one factor. One. Yes. Can the Chiefs stop the run? Because Kansas City will not be able to get rolling offensively if they don't have the ball. If the Chiefs have the ball... Uh, the last two years is, is a huge sample size of that they cannot be stopped. Mm-hmm. But can they stop the run? Because the 49ers are 0% scared to give it to a different back on every down, run a different no pre-snap motion. I mean, the 49ers, it was, it was startling to watch the 49ers blast the Minnesota Vikings off the ball for 60 straight minutes and then blast the Green Bay Packers off the ball for 60 straight minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they physically destroyed... Two teams that have very good, and in the Vikings' case, elite defenses. They, they absolutely did. And, uh, I mean, I think that the the 
at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, if one of these teams, if the Kansas City offense or the San Francisco defense just clearly is better or at least plays better on Sunday than the other, then therein lies your winner. But I think the key to this game is exactly, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's the, it is the San Francisco run game, and if Kansas City's able to not stop it, but limit it. And if, because if Jimmy Garoppolo, like, has to be the guy to do it at some point, like, that's a, a big question that people want to know. I mean, he's the guy that gets no, have you, have you, have you seen a scenario in which a quarterback in a Super Bowl has gotten less sort of talk as a subject of, well, what's going to happen than Jimmy Garoppolo? But when you go, hello, six of eight in an NFC championship game and your team still wins by a million, maybe it ain't about you and it's not about Jimmy Garoppolo and it shouldn't be like a best case scenario is that Jimmy Garoppolo is a best case scenario for San Francisco is that Jimmy Garoppolo is like 15th in the MVP voting for this game for Super Bowl MVP. There should be offensive linemen, running backs, defensive ends, linebackers better higher up the MVP voting than Jimmy Garoppolo if San Francisco, if that happens, I think San Francisco is in, in going to win this game easily. If it's up to Jimmy G, I think it plays well into Kansas City's hands. Well, right. I know the point. Even if he plays well. I mean, I know the point you're trying to make, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is Super Bowl MVP, that means the Niners won the game but, as well. I, I, I know it. the point you're trying to make. Yes. Um, I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see because I find this Chiefs team so fascinating yes. because th- – I think that they're as good as they were last year, but I don't think they're better. They're just a step further. And last year they just they they lost that AFC championship game. This it, it's not about everybody's like, oh, you gotta get better, you gotta get better each and every year. Okay, that's fine. You also just have oh, it's a one and done scenario. And if you, you don't win well. the game, right. then then that's it. Then your season is over. And and they they solved the riddle of the New England Patriots sixty seconds too late. Because right. once they did, it was it was a whitewashing by the Chiefs over the New England Patriots, and they just couldn't could get all the get it all the way back. And c- congratulations to Bill Belichick in New England, and that's why they're the Super Bowl champions again from last season. But that you're absolutely right. This isn't this team isn't notably different. This is one of the few scenarios where you can lose a conference championship game and just run it back. Just go, you know what? Happen happens. We're See it spring training, everybody on board again. They did add a Bosa. That helps. But, uh, I mean, aside from that, I mean, you're, you're talking about this. Uh, oh, we're talking about the Chiefs, excuse me. You go back and you go, okay, rock and roll. Um, and, and, and they made, they made and some they key additions on yeah. defense. Too. I mean, Frank Clark has been a key addition. Tron Matthews has been a key addition. And then they've had some other younger guys get better. And, you know, I, I also think that like, in the scope of their offense, like Kareem Hunt, was such a he was a rising star but also sort of a flash in the pan and when he was gone I think a lot of people thought they might get a production dip even while probably in a positive fashion eliminating a, a, an obvious distraction but who, who's the what the who's the kid they got now Darren Williams or what's the what's the right Damian, Damian Williams. Williams yeah I don't think he gets enough love mm-hmm. there's a couple it's funny in the league right now there's a there's a couple guys that do get the love as like great feature backs you know Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Arian, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook, Le'Veon Bell, but he disappeared off the face. Were you of the about earth somehow. to say Arian Foster? No, I was about to say. Um, I don't even know who I was about to say. It did sound. I, I was know. With you, I know. It sounded like I know. you were going to say Arian Foster. Um, 
But have you watched an NFL game lately? I leave that up to you guys. Uh, no, but there's a couple guys in the league that I do. I think that Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, and Damian Williams are three really good running backs that don't get the shine that maybe they deserve. To me, the what that what Williams does it, in the pass game as well as the run game, he he's no step down. Yes. from Kareem Hunt, and I think that's why they've been able to keep rolling offensively. One guy who's playing for the Kansas City Chiefs that I think people don't even know is playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And in the in the stretch of a season, he would be inconsequential at this point in his career. But in a one-game scenario, potential, and particularly a Super Bowl, Terrell Suggs is on the Kansas City Chiefs. Like he, he was obviously in Arizona, and then they released him about three-quarters of the way through the season, and he got picked up by the Chiefs. Now, he is not going to be in there for more than probably a dozen plays in the Super Bowl, but... Th- this is a guy who knows everything there is to know who has played in and won Super Bowls, and maybe there's a scenario in which Terrell Suggs comes in and makes a veteran play in this game that is a difference maker or even draws a, fla- a, a foul. You know what I mean? Creates a flag that, that, that is impactful if it does come down to it to be close. Just you know, one thing to keep an eye on. Stu Tell and Nuwanis, <laughs> 1029 ESPN Radio. Some, feedback, some feedback from some from Chiefs experts. You, oh, know, yes. you know who I'm talking about. They're blowing up the phone. But they said that, uh, that this Chiefs team, particularly defensively, is markedly better. The, the upgrade at safety has helped the corners become more functional. And Suggs is an upgrade over D Ford. And so, I mean, and Frank Clark, I mean, they, they, they're, they're better. They, they are better. And I, and I think that's why they are. Well, Frank Clark's at. been there. But, I mean, yeah. Was he there last season? Mm-hmm. I thought he was traded this offseason. Maybe so. In he any case, past offseason. This past offseason, okay. off right? This was his first season with the Chiefs. It's 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 okay. Let's put it like this. It's 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 a defense that is not going to be. If if you're relying on your defense, or if you're Kansas City in this football game, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Coulter Barrett Peary going to join us here in about... 10 minutes from now, talk to us about the Portland State men's basketball team. But let's talk a little bit about this game. I know it's Cat Grizz week, and it's so weird because it's already Grizz, the Grizz focus for Montana State, but it's still Portland State focus for the Montana teams as the Lady Grizz play in Missoula tomorrow night uh, against, uh, against Portland State, and the men are on the road. This game against Portland State, Montana won it by, I think, 15 points in Missoula. So this will be this, the first team that will be the second uh, time that they've played each other for for the Grizzlies through conference play, they got a big win. They also Portland State 
was unexpectedly down, in fact, two guys, but in particular, uh, their big rim protector, who also is, is so clutch, so key in the uh, in the up-tempo uh, a full-court press, or at least three-quarter court press, that Portland State likes to play in. And Montana was able to exploit it without basically him on the back end to sit there and protect the rim and be athletic around it. And in the half-court offense as well, he was a big miss. This is going to be a different matchup this time around for the Grizzlies. We'll hear from uh, 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 Coach Travis Secure tomorrow about this a little bit, but when you look at this matchup, these two schools the second time, what do you think what do you think about it over there in Portland? I think that Portland State runs one of the most unique systems in the league. And I think that the, the advantage of the system is when they dictate the tempo of the game and they get you to play their style, they're almost impossible to beat. I think the flaw in the system, especially with this particular team, is they have a couple catalyst-type guys. And if those guys get in foul trouble or they're not available then Portland State is is almost irrelevant. Mm. And and I think that that's the, the dichotomy of this team. I mean, you look at last Monday, they annihilated Weber State. They blew Weber State out of the gym. They beat them 92-76, but it wasn't even that close. I mean, they hung 92 points on a good Weber State team. I know that Weber's struggled with injuries, and and there's a lot of different factors there. But to me, that the key to that game, I, the best way I can describe Portland State is you can, you can tell – the success of their team by looking at the box score more than any other team in the league. And it's not the points and it's not the shooting percentage. It's the number of turnovers they force, the number of offensive rebounds that they get and who gets those offensive rebounds. If and when they keep Sal Nuhu, the rim, or the rim protector that you're talking about, and when they keep Alonzo Walker, who's the grad transfer from Idaho State, who is their, their hyperactive energy guy who guards the inbounds pass on the press, when they keep those two guys on the floor and out of foul trouble, they're really good. I mean, they are. They have top four level talent. The problem has been that Walker has been in and out of the lineup with the injury, and Nuhu has as well. So they yeah. haven't had those guys. But that Portland State, or excuse me, that Weber State game. If you look at the stat lines, I mean, Alonzo Walker had twenty three points and nine rebounds. Sal Nuhu had fourteen points and fifteen rebounds. Those two combined for ten of Portland State's twenty offensive rebounds. When they get 20 offensive rebounds, that's the whole style. They crash the offensive glass harder than anybody in the league. They're among one of the 10 or 12 highest teams in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. They, But like you said, what happened in Missoula last time, when, when Walker gets into foul trouble and you have to get out of the trap, because they run two different versions of the press. They run the trap where the, ball, the guy on the ball then goes and traps the first pass immediately. It takes a very distinct type of athlete to do that. When Walker gets in foul trouble, they can't run the trap. They can only run man-to-man press that wears you down but then also if they don't have the guy to protect the rim then you just get layups and that's how i mean matt anderson had a dunk on four consecutive possessions because there wasn't somebody that was back to protect the rim well presumably there will be in uh in this matchup with montana and in talking with travis secure you know he says you know hopefully this actually not, not that it plays to our advantage, but we we, we didn't know. Sal knew who wasn't going to be there the first time around, so we prepared for that, and then he wasn't there, and you saw what happened. Now that he is there, at least we've already done this scout. We have already know what we are planning to do, and uh, and so we'll see you know, how that plays out tomorrow night. We also still have one of the best players in the Big Sky Conference in general, Holland Woods, playing for uh, Portland State. He's averaging 17.1 points per game, an outstanding player uh, and the best player, in fact, for for Portland State in this game. I think the Grizzlies 
have been so good, Coulter, coming off of losses. And that overtime loss to Weber State uh, Saturday is certainly something that, you know, Coach DeCure historically has been able to capitalize on with his teams, and they've been very strong. It, he's this is this is the sort of game where it feels like you know they're they're it's so odd to say they're not even i mean it's not that odd but they're saying let's not worry about montana state okay focus on this right. get this one thing done and then the emotion of montana state maybe you know brings you through at that point you're up and ready to go two days later when i asked to cure that because i think that a lot of times having a whole week to prepare is hard especially when then when you add hype to having a whole week to prepare mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you can lose focus because you're thinking about the environment, the atmosphere, yeah. all, all the things that comes with the Cacarys game. I think in a certain element, it's it's a disadvantage to play a game before the Cacarys game in, in in one way, but in another way, it, it's a disadvantage because of the quick turnaround. But in another way, it, it does it 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 blocks the potential distraction right. of ha- having to think about the rivalry. And the other thing is Thursday Saturday is the norm. I mean that's well, that's sort of, but we've only had one of those <laughs> for the Grizz so far. We're <laughs> right. 9 games into but this. But I guess the point is, is like this in in so far as it's two games on a Thursday Saturday right. is what it's sort of normally supposed to be. It's maybe the advantage or, you know, maybe slight of of having not played the game that's actually for Montana State. We'll take a quick break. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Great to be with you. Thanks for being with us. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in the head coach of uh, the Portland State Vikings men's team, Barrett Peary. Barrett, thanks so much for being with us. How are you doing today? Doing good, brother. Thanks for having me. Well, we're certainly happy to have you here. We're excited for the game tomorrow night. It was such an interesting swing when you came through the state of Montana. You get a great one-point win uh, in Bozeman at Montana State, and then and two nights later in Missoula, you end up being down a couple of guys, and uh, and and it didn't go your way. But now, hopefully, back to health uh, for for you and your team, and a home game against the Grizzlies. What makes what makes Montana good? But what do you think about this matchup tomorrow, just in general? Well, I think, you know, the the best thing about Montana right now is I think they really know who they are. The right guys are taking taking the right shots, you know. Obviously, Pridget and Manuel have had great senior years. You know, they started a little bit slow, but, you know, they figured out exactly who they are. You know, you guys lost so many guys over there from the previous couple of years that I think identity is a big thing, you know, and you have to learn and figure out, you know, who everybody's going to be a little bit. And so... I think Coach has done a very good job of, of getting guys into their roles, and the big guys are coming along. You know, Carter Hollinger has, has continued to play better and better off the bench or starting either way. But, I mean, Pridget and Manuel have just been, you know, big-time senior players. 
Speaking of the identity of a team, it was so interesting watching you guys in Missoula because I felt like I knew your your roster pretty well the last couple of years, and there was obviously some familiar faces like Holland Woods, one of the best point guards in the league, and and Sal knew who, even though even though I know he didn't play in Missoula. But almost everybody else on your team, the only other guy I really recognized was Alonzo Walker, but that's because he played at Idaho State last year. You have so many new faces. I know you brought in a ton of grad transfers. So what's the process been like finding chemistry with this team? And what was the thinking behind bringing in so many new guys? Yeah, you know, we had that group of, you know, Holland Woods and Sal Newhu, Rashad Goolsby, um, Kyle Greeley, some returners that had played real minutes for us. But after that, it was a bunch of new guys. You know, I think our biggest challenge has been I think we brought in really good guys, but we've really had a hard time staying healthy. So our, our continuity and just, I don't know if it's chemistry, but just, you know, having time to play together. You know, Sal's missed seven or eight games. Matt Hauser, who is our second leading scorer, missed the last seven games. Alonzo uh, Walker, who you mentioned, missed three or four games. So we've kind of been piecing it together a lot. You know, we, we can't, like you said, we came off that Montana State win. And then, uh, you know, we didn't even have Hauser with us there. And then, and then Sal got really, really sick. I think, I think somebody poisoned us at, uh, at Popeye's over there on the other side of town. But, uh, but, uh, we had, we had a couple guys that were wrecked and Sal couldn't even get out of the room. So, um, yeah, we're continuing to try to get the team healthy. But the other thing was, is, you know, we've, we've had a heck of a schedule. I don't know if you've read it much, but we've had two stretches where we played four games in eight days. And so, we uh, being the lone wolf this year, we've had a heck of a schedule, and our guys have battled and done a good job. But as we get healthier and, and get guys back in the rotation, you know, we have great experience. You know, you talked about grad transfers. We have guys with great experience, but we, you know, we've had a hard time being a healthy team week in and week out. The scheduling, I'll call it. Uh, conundrum it is quite a talking point around around the Big Sky Conference, and it seems that there's oh there's no, it doesn't seem there is no way to make everybody happy. But as the lone wolf, it's a particularly unique situation. And you, you mentioned the schedule, coach. I mean, just in the month of January, Portland State has been at Idaho, at Eastern Washington, at Montana State, at Montana. That's consecutively at home against Idaho State and Weber State, and then but the Weber State a Monday game, and then at Sac State at Northern Arizona. That's a gauntlet if I've ever seen one. And then you got the Grizz coming to town to complete the month. What a month for your team. But just tell us about how do you go about mentally preparing for this role as the lone wolf? And overall, what do you think of this this uh, round-robin 20-game schedule that, that seems to have mm, some question marks still attached to it? <laughs> well, you're asking the absolute wrong guy because I've been the guy that's most pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think I think Coach Takir might be rivaling oh, you for man. this as well. Firestarter. Oh, come on, Travis. He's a, his isn't even close to as bad as <laughs> we, we roll we rolled into Sac State last week. They hadn't played for five days and we played Weaver on Monday. On Thursday we played Sac and then we rolled into NAU. They hadn't played since last Saturday and then they played Saturday. So we we've got some fresh teams now, I'll tell you what. But you know, big thing is, you know, we played ten league games in twenty eight days. And then we're going to play our next 10 league games in 42 days. So it's uh, wow. it's going to be two different schedules completely. Never mind the fact the second half we have six home games and only four road games. So honestly, I tried not to make a big deal about it with the guys. You know, I did plenty of bitching and moaning and comp- complaining to adults, but not to the guys. Um, just really tried to, tried to tell them, hey, one game at a time, we got to go play people and do what we're supposed to do. The one time, and this is no excuse at all because Montana played really, really well, but the one time I thought we flat out ran out of gas was 
game four of that first round of four and eight at at Montana, where it was a two-point game with about eight minutes to go. And then I was pushing on the gas trying to get guys to go, and we didn't, we didn't have Hauser and knew who, and we, we couldn't go anymore. We were done, and we were out of gas. So uh, hopefully we're a little bit more energetic and, and, and prepared tomorrow. But give Montana a lot of credit. Travis is doing a great job with them. Barrett Peary joining us, head coach of the Portland State Vikings. They host the Montana Grizzlies uh, tomorrow in Portland, uh, 7 o'clock tip-off uh, for that basketball game. And, Coach, you, uh, you when you look at the schedule, you, you your team is 4-6 and six in Big Sky Conference play. You talked about the schedule you've already played. You also have four games that have been decided by either one or two points. Another contest that was decided by four points, and that seems to be the standard right now in the Big Sky Conference. I mean, the number of one-point uh, or close games, one-possession games, I think is tops yeah. in the nation by the Ken Palm ratings in terms of the conference. What What do you think, what is the, the, the reason for that this particular season to you? You know, yeah, I mean, we've been right in the middle of five or six of them, I think. I think we've won a couple of them by one or two, and we've lost right. three of them by, by a couple. So, you know, um, the reason, I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to use that sexy word that everybody likes to use when they start to work on brackets and things like that called parity. But you know what? There's a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches, and there's tough places to play in our league. Travel's tough. Environments are tough. And... um Man, it's like I've joked about for a month. It, it, it would be very hard to bet on these games, that's for sure, because every game is a challenge and everybody, every game's been close. And whether it's home team or road team, it hasn't mattered too much. I mean, you've seen some great road wins and you've seen some home losses from everybody. So I just think that, you know, from this point, you know, it's just going to be more of the same. I think it gets even harder in round two, you know, because you know teams even better. You know, it's like today, you know, joking with the guys. You know, I, I'm talking to him on the board at the end of practice and saying, I, I hope I don't have to give you the keys to the game. You know, I, I think you guys know these guys as well as I do, right. um, you know, in round two. And we played not too long ago on top of that. So, you know, the teams know each other well. Um, guys get really familiar with each other. And then there's a lot of guys, a lot of teams that have two or three real good players and they know who they are. And, you know, you got to battle it out. You know, you're, uh, you mentioned the environments that some teams play, but you, you're here in your third year at Portland State, but the second year now of a, of a beautiful new facility. You're in the heart of, of Portland, one of the two really major cities that re- represented in the Big Sky Conference. What's it like right now to be part of Portland State basketball in particular? I mean, Portland's a basketball-crazy town, and to be the, the coach of this team and, and really kind of be on the ascent, it seems like, right now. Yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Uh, our people are really excited. And, you know, like you said, we have this brand-new arena that is still new and, and, and exciting for people. And so, you know, recruiting is different now for the first time at Portland State. You know, I didn't live the prior years, but, but you know, with what we have to offer. And, and there's a lot of neat things, like you said. You know, we're in NBA City. we got the Blazers a half a mile away. we got Nike here. There's just a lot of great things that, you know, kids kids like about coming here and, I think we can continue to grow a really good product. I, I think we have a good group. I'm excited about the next, what, six weeks or so of the season because, like I said, if, if we get healthy, I think the schedule's in our favor a little bit to where we can really make our run. Um, and as you see, you know, whether you're watching the big conferences or small conferences, it's really a survival game. You know, it's survival of the fittest. You see some of these teams, you know, I was talking to my staff the other day about Ohio State, you know, Four weeks ago, they were ranked number two in the country. 
and they were 11 and one, and now they've uh, lost like six out of eight. So I think you really have to work hard to be consistent and and try to weather the storm of what's going on on a weekly basis. Coaches are trying to keep their teams fresh and ready, keep things new, uh, and it's a challenge. You got to be tough. More than any other year. Now that we have this neutral site tournament, which will be in its fifth season in Boise in March, and every team in the league makes the tournament, and there's been years where you know, if you're seated ninth or below or you really don't have any sort of aspiration of, of getting anything done, you might win a game or maybe even two, but winning four and five days, it's, just, it's not very realistic. But this year, it seems so much different, not necessarily that it's any easier to win a bunch of games in a short amount of time. But to me, when you look at, I mean, Weber State is right now in 10th place in the Big Sky Conference, but they have one of the best players in the league. They are a very good team. It seems as if every team in the league could finish anywhere in the standings, and therefore it seems to me that Boise is going to be wild. You mentioned, Coach, trying to get healthy and taking advantage of the second half of your schedule. How do you balance taking care of the now, but also making sure you're peaking. Because to me, it seems as if Boise, depending on how the seeds play out, will be absolutely wide open. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Weber's an excellent example. I mean, I just pulled up this sheet right here of the league standing. You know, we've got, uh, how many teams are there? 11? We've 11. Got, uh, it's hard for us yeah. to keep track too, yeah. Coach. Yeah. We, got, we, got, <laughs> we got eight teams. Uh, eight teams with 10 wins or more. Nobody has more than 12. And then Weaver's got seven. Idaho State's got six. And Idaho's got five. And let's use Weaver, for example, since you brought them up. I mean, they got they got two of the best guards in the league, and nobody wants to play them. You know, just, just ask Montana. They just did it. So, you know, being, being healthy, being right at the right time, I think Boise's going to be incredible. I mean, I don't think that – I don't think anybody's going to be uh, – you know, seventeen and three at the end of the uh, of the league, or sixteen and four, or something like that. I just think that there's a lot of good teams with a lot of good players, and the travel's challenging, and these schedules are kind of crazy. The Monday games and the, the four and eight days, and three and seven days for people and whatnot. But you know, I, I think the timing of Boise is going to be everything, and I don't know. I don't know. I have the answer about how you get them ready at the right time. I don't think we've peaked. I think we've played some good ball, and we've had some good stretches when we've been healthy. Um, but I don't think we've peaked, so I think our best ball is yet to come. But, you know, you look at you look at this, the standings of the conference with total wins. Like I said, you got you got eight teams with 10 or more wins, and nobody's even got 13. Right. So yeah, that's, It's really balanced. It's crazy. Yeah, that, is, that is such an interesting uh, – uh, well, I hadn't looked at that part of it, the overall wins. It's amazing. Uh, Barrett Peary, the head coach of the Portland State Vikings, they're hosting the Montana Grizzlies uh, set, uh, tomorrow night, excuse me, Thursday night, 7 o'clock in Portland. Coach, thanks so much for being with us, man. We really appreciate it. Love it. Anytime, brother. Look forward to talking to you again. Always. Always. Thank you. Barrett Peary, head coach of Portland State. Always <laughs> fun to talk to him. And uh, uh, Man, I, I'm telling you what, man. I, I mean, How good are the Portland State coaches, though? Oh, uh, great. I mean, here's... Go ahead. Small point that needs yes. to, to that needs to be made here. This is a fascinating phenomenon. We have talked about Big Sky basketball, both men's and women's, a lot already this sure. month uh, since since the league schedule began. Yeah. And when we talk about the women, we've talked extensively about Montana State and the Lady Grizz here in Missoula and Idaho. 
it's almost like the world forgot that Portland State won the Big Sky last year. Right. They went to the tournament. Mm-hmm. The the game in Missoula tomorrow is not being billed as like the defending conference champions. It's it's crazy to me that it's like this. It's like this thing that didn't happen. Well, they th- did lose a bunch of good players, but they're still a solid team. And you talk about great coaches. Lynn Kennedy is one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lynn does an absolutely phenomenal job, clearly. I think part of it is they weren't expected to win last year, nor were they expected to win this year. And, I mean, that's why you play a tournament, I guess. But, I mean, when you talk about Idaho and what right. they had going, Northern Colorado, what they had going, right. and – and then Portland State is the team that comes out of all that okay. And then now Montana State, you have to say, is definitively the best team right. this year. And so then they kind of get lost in the wall. Well, and it, it was it was it was certainly a confluence of events. To me, actually, Portland State was the, was the best team because they were the deepest team. They just didn't have the the all time headliners like the Splash Sisters at Idaho, like the like Savannah Smith in Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, it's so funny how when you just live in this world. You, you you watch the moment, you absorb the moment, you relish in the moment, and then the moment's gone because the next moment is here. That's right. I, I'll never forget, though, when the Eastern Washington point guard bounces the ball off of Savannah Smith's back, catches it to herself, and scores the game-winning bucket at the buzzer. Yes. It was simultaneously one of the craziest plays I've seen in women's basketball and also the absolute most heartbreaking ending to a career that I've ever seen. Yeah. One of the greatest players in league history has her back to the inboundser and gives up the the, the game the, winning and in, in turn career ending. I mean, yeah. I've never been in a worse press conference than that. Yeah. There was only two of us in there and, and Spanish Smith expected to answer questions. She I mean, she is a mess. Yeah. But then that Eastern Washington's run, I mean, that's what the neutral site tournament's all about. The yeah. sixth seed getting all the way to the championship game. But then Portland State was able to outlast because they had not one, not two, not three, but four outstanding players. So it'll be interesting. Anybody that uh, wants to see some some good hoops, Portland State has some pretty unorthodox players. So tomorrow night will be a fun one uh, down at Dahlberg Arena. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Quick break. Come back. Wrap this thing up. Chris Grace, the coaching tree. Talk a little bit about Jared Samuelson as well. And I don't know. Get you ready for some more Super Bowl. We'll see. Next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. During our Week Wednesday, I asked questions about some Super Bowl MVP stuff, but I was yes. looking at this Wikipedia page from um, – 
I guess it would be Super Bowl 29, 1994, when the last time the San Francisco 49ers won a Super Bowl, they defeated the San Diego Chargers 49-26. But that game was played at Joe Roby Stadium in Miami, so there's a coincidental symmetry here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a couple interesting things okay. here. I, I, want, I want you to guess. guess okay. In 1994, guess what a 30-second commercial for the Super Bowl cost? Oh, boy. Um, 10000 No. $1.15 million. Oh. Still. Very, very high. It was $1.15 million in 94. In 94. The most interesting part about analyzing some of the Super Bowl... Um, exposure statistics is that and, and a production director also afternoon DJ on the trail Mike Smith said the other day made such a funny comment he said the thing that millennials need to get over is that everything is not the best or the worst right. ever <laughs> it just is but I think that matriculates into sports so much where we want to think that what we're watching is the best and certainly athletic training and nutrition and the dedication to sports, everything has improved so much. Mm-hmm. And athletes across the board, by and large, are better than they have been. But I think there's this perception that the Super Bowl is the greatest and most grand television event in the world every year, which is partially true. But I think there's also a perception that it gets bigger and better. But it's like Jan Center had said. When you talk about actual market share, how many people live in America, how many mm-hmm. people have televisions, Super Bowl four had as many, if not more, people watching it than last year's Super Bowl, even though there's a hundred million more people in America. Yeah, well, as a matter of percentage, that's true. And there was 20,000 more people at the game. Right. Because of the stadium that it was in. I, I think last year, the Super Bowl, I think the, the Nielsen rating had it about 49 or 50, which means that's uh, in the high 90 millions to maybe a hundred million people, which is a ton of people out of 350 million people that live in America or whatever the population number is. 315, sure. But like this this Super Bowl 1994, the Nielsen rating 41.3, so 83.4 million viewers when the country was uh, uh, quite a bit smaller. Yeah. The other thing that's funny about these Wikipedia Super Bowl pages is what the halftime show used to be because now it's so... It's The halftime show in the Super Bowl has evolved. Devolved. That's the thing. It has... It's become this... It's almost you perform and you will be on the biggest stage you will ever be on. But it doesn't really matter what the performance is like. People are just going to kill you for it because it's a really hard show to do in a football stadium. Super hard. It's compressed. Here's what you the want sound. To, you, but the the okay. funniest part about these Wikipedia pages, though, is what the Super Bowl halftime show was. Mm. Super Bowl four when Jan Center played. <laughs> Juggling act. It mimes. was. It was the reenactment of the Battle of New Orleans. I don't even know what that you means. Know, you know what I guarantee that is? I bet it's I bet it's a band. I bet it's a marching right. band playing, playing the, the, playing doing some, the deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, that's, it, that's in, different. In 1994, the Super Bowl halftime show was a uh, an array of people. It was Tony Bennett, Patti LaBelle, Arturo Sandoval, wow. and my, the Miami Sound Machine, Gloria Stefan. My here's my issue with 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 the halftime shows, okay? they're 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 trying to do too much they want it to be so big and so you know amazing and everything else and then like every 90 seconds some other you know giant musician celebrity is popping out with the fire and the thing and doing a 60 second you know join in on some song they did and then they disappear again just get up there 
just let Prince play his guitar for me for 20 minutes. Okay, just let the Rolling Stones go out there and play their three best songs and 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 be done. Why do we have dancing sharks and glitter? And now it's <laughs> Flea is out here playing his bass guitar. It's not even on. It's a pre-recorded track because they didn't want to get too much music. Like if you have so many inputs and outputs and moving pieces that you bring out the red hot chili peppers and they're not actually playing their music because you're worried about the sound of it you've done too much it's possible to do too much and i guarantee that shakira and j-lo oh man is, here he goes no, no, no. i'm saying it's not gonna be just them like some like marilyn manson's gonna <laughs> pop out of there and now we're gonna be stuck with this thing you know and i i just don't i don't i don't know the big surprises that there's gonna be there and everything else but i know that it's gonna be too much and they're gonna try and do too much and the music won't even make any sense and heaven knows the dancing's gonna be awful some of these former ones they should go back to this model where it was like the university of texas marching band doing a a musical America or uh, the Grambling State Marching Band doing a Duke Ellington tribute. That sounds great. That sounds no, like it's a case. Now, I, I'm this graph says I no way with David on this to say I, I, I don't need the marching band. I just want a great, preferably rock band. I'm open to other things, but just let them come out and do it. They don't, should have I, E40 for the Niners. E40? Ryan is so absent from the hyphy movement graph. No. Now this bang, 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 game. Bang, is, that, is that what we're going to want to have? We get hyphy. Maybe we could get some karaoke going. Maybe we could have a karaoke championship. We should ask Saeed Bridget what he thinks of E40. I bet you he loves him. I bet he doesn't like J-Lo. Boys and girls, have uh, whatever type of Wednesday you were going to have before we came and ruined it. Thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Many have tried, but many have failed. The 49ers got the livest fans in the NFL. I tried to tell them we back and we never left and we got heart. Leave our stadium starting to feel like candlestick cart. Uh-oh. Gold blood in my neck is frozen with diamonds. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.